0: The big challenge today is the world is driven by word of mouth. And people say, how do you get people to talk about you? The strategy, again, is pretty easy. No one shares ordinary.
1: Well, welcome to 2x e-commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I can answers them. Also here from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So an inbound marketing strategies, how do you beat Amazon? Natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the
0: website. I personally would not have
1: an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. Behind on planning for Black Friday and Cyber Monday, Clavio is here to help. Clavio is a growth marketing platform chosen by the innovative direct to consumer brands you love. And the results speak for themselves. Those brands have made more than $3.7 billion in revenue through Klaviyo in the last year alone. With the holiday season right around the corner, Klaviyo has created the ultimate planning guide for crushing those holiday revenue targets. From marketing creative to segmentation strategy, there's still time to implement proven tactics for more personalized marketing. Take charge and own your customer experience. Whether you're a billion dollar business or starting up, Klaviyo is the growth marketing platform to help you win this holiday season. Visit klaviyo.com forward slash 2x to get Klaviyo's holiday planning guide. Remember, that is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com forward slash 2x. All right, hi everybody. Welcome to the Two X E Commerce Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. So, if you're looking to grow metrics such as conversions, average order value, traffic, and ultimately sales, you are listening and tuning in. If you're on the Facebook Live, we're slightly early, but. You know what well, they had come on board um, today 's episode is super interesting i 'm um, going to introduce the the guest today 's guest um, shortly um, but if you haven 't already and you 're listening to this on um, any podcasting platform, remember to join the e-commerce growth accelerator Facebook group to notch up the conversation to to have two way conversations with myself and other you know um, people in the, with the community essentially. Also, um, tune into live shows such as this one um, we 're live on Facebook. Some episodes go live on Facebook, so it would be a great place to just connect now on today 's episode. I have with me Alan Adamson now Alan is a noted industry expert in in, in branding essentially um, I believe he 's been in the board of directors um, in, in, in a few companies. Um, He's an adjunct professor at at, um, New York University, Stern, Um, and he's the author of four books, um, Brand Simple, Brand Digital, The Edge, that's 50 Tips for Brands That Lead, and his latest book, which is called Shift Ahead, How the Best Companies Stay Relevant in a Fast-Changing World is what we're going to be talking around today, and um, the context of today's episode really is how to shift your e-commerce business ahead in this ever-changing landscape um, in in business in general. Um, Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Alan to the show. Welcome, Alan. Thanks for inviting me. Pleasure to be here. Fantastic. I probably haven't done you sufficient justice in the introduction. Could you take a minute or less to introduce yourself to, to the audience? Yeah, market? I think you did a pretty good job. I mean, I, uh,
0: I've i had the privilege of working in some great organizations. I started my career in advertising and then went to Unilever and learned how to market consumer goods and uh, have learned every time. And uh, writing books, the most important thing is for me was listening to people and learning how they successfully did something. And it was always like going back to school. So thanks for inviting
1: me. A pleasure, a pleasure, a pleasure. Let's talk about branding. Um, You're an expert in branding. What is branding? What should like e-tailers, you know, um, what concept, what is branding essentially?
0: Yeah, and it's a a good place to start because everyone has a a slightly different interpretation of it and like anything else if your interpretation is 15 percent different than mine and i tell somebody else it's going to be 15 percent different and by the time uh, somebody listens to it it's going to have no relation to reality i always like to separate into two words a brand is what your story is what you stand for what you want people to when they hear your product name or your company name or your name what idea do you want to pop into their head uh typically it has to be a simple idea so when i hear uh apple what comes into your head when i hear nike what comes into your head that's a strategy piece you have to figure out what you want to stand for and if you stand for too many things you 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 can't get it across. Branding is how you get that idea in somebody's head. It could be product design. It could be the user interface. It could be the name. It could be the ad. It could be somebody's recommendation, <laughs> word of mouth. You know, there are a hundred elements of branding. And what happens is people think, oh, I'm going to market my product. All I need is a good logo or a good package or I need a, you know, a, a little video that will go viral. And those are all branding tools. But if the brand story is not tight and clear, It doesn't matter if people remember you. The question is, do they remember you and do they care? And are you relevant? And are you solving a problem that they want to pay you money for? Mm -hmm. So the theory is easy. (laughs) The execution is hard. Most people get the theory. You don't have to go to uh, read too many books or go to too many classes to understand the theory is, but the execution is really hard.
1: Interesting. It sounds to me from what you said, like the, to, there's, a, there's a tangible part of um, you know, branding and then there's an intangible aspect of branding. Tangible is all that you could see and relate with. And intangible seems to be like the narrative and the brand story. It's not just not me. Exactly.
0: And most people pay attention to the tangible. And so if you you go by a gap store, any store and say, you know, why why is gap struggling? Is it because their logo is not good? Their advertising is not fresh. Their jeans aren't good. You know, but then you go into the store and say, you know, to maybe a salesperson, can you give me something typical gap? And they'll look at you like, well, what do you want? You know, there, so there was not clarity anymore or is not clarity as to what the gap is, yes. what's a, what problem they're solving, what, what is the core story, the brand story. So it doesn't matter how clever the advertising is or how nice the store design is. Oftentimes, marketers focus on the tangible, as you said, without really thinking through what do they stand for, why should people care, and what's different about them
1: interesting so like within the organization that story has to be strong your values need to be strong and then that is sort of radiated to the market i i would think right
0: right and the other mistake that people make is they have sort of a check the box mentality all right have a good product It's really the sneaker helps you run faster and that's important and i'm going to call it the fast running sneaker um and then they do a little bit of everything they do you know a little social media they do a little you know outdoor they do a little packaging design and the big challenge today is the world is driven by word of mouth and people say how do you get people to talk about you the strategy again is pretty easy no one shares ordinary <laughs> no one says i went to a restaurant the food was sort of okay and i didn't get food poisoning and you know you either tell a story about how you went to a restaurant and hated it or loved it and the same with marketing so lots of marketers do a check the box mentality they do a little website, they do a little social they do a little packaging, and everything is good or average, but average is over. no one shares average so part of success is to not just keep on doing more things but say, all right, if I need to break through to somebody what's going to be my what's going to what can I hit it out of the park on what's going to be the home run what's going to be the what can I do great if and if i 'm not good at packaging don't put you know don't just focus on packaging find something in your marketing that you can you can be great at because if you're just good at it it's too competitive you'll never be heard or seen or remembered
1: super interesting bb i love that um you know what you just said um, no one shares ordinary um, you have to yeah. you be know, extraordinary okay um so moving on to what are your thoughts on um you know brands you know new brands or recent brands, successful brands that are doing branding well and seeing the dividends, you know, reaping the dividends off the back of um, of their, their, brand, their branding?
0: Yeah, it, it starts with, you know,
1: that framework
0: we just talked about. You know, whatever the product they're selling and brand, you know, Is it solving someone's problem? (laughs) And is it solving it in a really good way? Or is it just a little better, a little cheaper, (laughs) Uh, a little easier to use? You know, because ultimately if the product or the brand doesn't really solve your problem in an extraordinary way, you're not going to run on your social media account, and say you've got to try these new eyeglasses. I bought them at the store. They're only 79. dollars The other eyeglasses I have, you know, are 400, and you've got to run and try Warby Parker. You know They solved a, a problem that had been out there that everyone looked at forever and say, well, that's just the way it is. You know, that's people, you know, it takes three weeks to get a pair of glasses. They cost $400, $500. You know, you go to a stodgy little op- op- optical store. You know, it's not fun. The person there has been there forever. People just accepted that that's the way that it is. And lots of new businesses start with a bit of an old Jerry Seinfeld line. You know, you ever wonder why? You ever wonder why people need to pay $500 for eyeglasses, wait, you know, three weeks, you know, have a, you know, less than fun experience in buying them. Um, and uh, two kids from Wharton solved that problem a couple of years ago.
1: It sounds as if like you can engineer the story into your customer, into the customer experience and then, you know, sort of amplify, you know, that, uh, amplify that into words and, you know, um, you know, word of mouth also helps, you know, based on people's experience. Right. There
0: was, you know, so they, they solved the problem. It's always solving a problem and figure out what, what's the, you know, I, when I work with uh, new companies and startups, which I do a lot, um, I always have them say, tell me why, tell me your product, tell me your story. But tell me the point of the story because they quickly tell me, you know, a hundred things about why their sneaker is better than the other sneaker <laughs> or why their toothpaste is better or why their app works better to finding a parking space than the other app. Um, and, you know, in the world today with super clutter, you know, you need to figure out what's the point of your story and how do you start it? Not everything about you. You look at very successful marketers. You know, I love to tell the story of the U.S. insurance company, Geico. You know, they could say a hundred things about Geico insurance. That You know, it's owned by Warren Buffett and it can do home and auto. It's got branches in every city. You can buy it online. But they chose one idea, which is it's 15% cheaper and you can get it 15 minutes. And they focus their... Opening message fifteen minutes will save you fifteen percent, and they just drill that in uh, even and then once you 're in you can find out all the other benefits so finding that point of your story is critical for any business success
1: interesting super super interesting okay um, let 's talk about um, you know the evolution of retail what what is the state you know the, the state of retail in the u s is you know, in the UK mirrors, you know, what's going on in the US. The US is a bit more um, intense, <laughs> I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, we're, we're seeing stores consolidation, a lot of consolidation, you know, here in the UK. Um, what is happening in retail and what can direct to consumer, you know, digital native um, e-commerce brands, um, how can they stand to benefit from from the chaos, you know, um, in certain parts of retail at the moment. Yeah, I,
0: I, I, it's a great question. So, if it was easy to fix retail, there wouldn't be a new going out of business sign. Uh, around the corner every day, um, because they're very smart people, very committed. But you know, as you zoom out, and I think one of the lessons we learned from um, all the research we did in Shift Ahead about, spoke to many, many companies to find out why they had trouble staying relevant. You know, part of it was they 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 were they were too close to the problem and not really understanding what was going on around them. They were focused on the store next door and the store across the street. And you know, the, we, we described it as they were playing more tennis than golf. I'm bad at both sports, but if I'm bad at tennis, when I try to do a little better, I try to hit the ball where you're not. So I'm really just focused on you. <laughs> if I'm playing golf, I really don't care that much about you. I have to pay a little more attention to, a few other things, but the same thing happens in business. When I was at Unilever, we would just be totally focused on Colgate and Procter. When I worked with Pepsi, yeah, they really were focused on Coke. And if you look at uh, when I worked at P&G and uh, brands like on Gillette, you know, they, they were focused on Chic. <laughs> but at the end of the day, Gillette did not get their clock clean by Schick. They got their clock cleaned by Dollar Shave Club and Harry's and others. Mm -hmm. You know, Coke is not really worrying about Pepsi. They're worrying about water and healthy drinks. So Mm -hmm. the same thing happens in retail. The people in retail just look across the street and they've done the same playbook before. And, um, you know, they try to do sales, they try to, and all that can help. But ultimately, I always like to go back to the root. When retail started, let's say going back to the future is a a good way to sort out what happens. And in the olden days, (laughs) when you went into a retail store, the owner knew you the owner knew what you wanted you you actually liked talking to the owner you would go in and he 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 or she was part of your so you know it was part of your day you know you, you couldn't start your day without talking to debbie at, at the at the at the shoe store and uh, or the general store more or less and debbie knew you and debbie uh had your stuff ready and so it was an experience and you didn't go there because it was the cheapest price <laughs> you didn't go there because um um mostly you went there because it was an experience. And I think what's happened to retail, without giving you too long an answer here, is that they thought they were in the business of just having a product and distributing it to you, you know, and maybe at a good price. (laughs) You know, and so lately when you went into U.S. retail, half the people behind the counter didn't even understand the product. You couldn't ask them for a recommendation. They didn't know the difference between one and the other. They were just unhappy employees. (laughs) Lots of, and if you're creating a good experience, you know that from the airline business or any other hotel business. If your employees are unhappy, the the one thing for sure is your customers won't have a good experience (laughs) right and so they so they went away from creating an experience to just being a distribution point you go there pick up your stuff and get in and out fast and and lots of retailers focused on trying to be faster trying to be cheaper trying to have more stuff and that's where of course e-commerce can come in and say what problem can i solve better than a the retailer. They certainly, as we know now, um, can solve the problem of cheaper better. <laughs> you know, you can digitally deliver something cheaper. They can probably solve the problem of convenience. It's certainly easier to double click at your on your phone than it is to, you know, get in the underground and uh, go to a store. Um and since there was no experience in the store anyway, you know, why, you know, why go there? Uh, so if you're an e-commerce person today, you should ask, you know, what problems can I solve better than them? And, you know, they're easy targets because they've walked away from what they had, which was an experience, a personal relationship with a proprietor, expert knowledge. Uh, and so as a startup, you should say, all right, you know, maybe as a startup, I can't compete with the biggest e retailers on price and convenience, they'll have next day delivery. And, you know, how do I win the expertise game? How do I win the trusted advisor game? (laughs) How do I build a relationship? Maybe, you know, online, it's not about double clicking. Maybe you need to Have that person call you and spend half an hour with you talking about what's the difference between one sneaker and the other. And if I could talk to a real runner who could online talk to me about what to look for in a sneaker, not try to sell me whatever they had, but really talk about, you know, know, walk down the hall, how does this feel, how does that, but really become my coach Mm -hmm. in buying a sneaker, then, you know, both... Amazon on the big side, which tries to do with a robot or with a bot <laughs> and the retailer who the person in the running store it couldn't tell you the difference between an Adidas and a Nike. They just tell you whatever's on sale and or whatever they get the biggest commission on. So you've solved a new problem.
1: Yeah. There's that opportunity for, for micro specialization, um, you know, driven by um, I would think um, like research, as you alluded to right. and deep, deep research. Right.
0: Kind of deliver, you know, because at the end of the day, if you do if, – if I say I'm going to give you advice – And I give you bad advice, or I really don't know sneakers, or I really don't know chewing gum, or I really don't know uh, uh, socks. Doesn't matter what it is. I know that pretty quick. I know pretty quickly that all you did was Google running shoes and you know read the first thing. But if I'm talking to a true runner about the right sneaker, I'm just picking up running because it's easy. You know, you you smell that, you feel that that person. And if that person is really motivated by giving you the right sneaker, not by trying to make a dollar fifty on a commission and get you you want out the door yeah consumers are smarter they they get that
1: yeah makes sense makes sense okay um yeah that that answers a lot of questions um let's segue before i i really want to get into the content of um shift ahead you know um, your, your book but um I'd like to ask a final question in the context of um, e-commerce and, you know, direct-to-consumer commerce, which is, you know, the 800-pound the gorilla in, in the room, which is Amazon. Um, pers- this morning I was thinking about um, Amazon. I can't quite remember what I was buying on Amazon, but I just thought that, okay, yeah, I, I, I got an invoice, uh, uh, like a, a follow-up from a, from a retailer that um, I, I purchased um, an accessory from a photography accessory from from Amazon business and um, the the header of that email was Amazon. Um, it felt like it was coming from Amazon, but when you read the content it was coming from a business you know an, an actual business. so it seems as if Amazon is controlling the entire well not sims the reality is Amazon is controlling the entire Customer experience, digital customer experience, plus physical, because all the you know packages typically from Amazon's warehouse come in you know Amazon branded boxes. But I don't really see it any different from going into a department store um, and you know going to say the Ralph Lauren, you know you know um, say you're in um, you're in Selfridges in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. I think. And um, you, you walk into the selfridges, and um, you you go to a store for Hugo Boss or whatever, and um, you you pick up, you know, you, you get the receipts with selfridges on it. You know what you're going to buy, um, and you, you you buy it. But you know, and if you're ever to go on the high street and see that specific shop, and you have the need to buy those goods, you, you purchase it. You know, um, I think it's. Distribution, and this is this completely goes against my my opinion on on it. In the past, where it was like you know Amazon is stealing away business, and that's it. But I, I think it's an opportunity for some businesses, not all, to get more eyeballs and you know attention. What are your thoughts? I know I've probably gotten too too long winded on that but um yeah first of all amazon has solved you know you can't beat
0: amazon on the what we call the frictionless experience most households have 14 boxes of amazon empty boxes so they can return things instantly it's a it's a it's a it's a it's it's like a shipping and receiving department from a company there are four boxes coming and you know it, it has become so easy and there's also a confidence that when you double click on Amazon, you may not be getting the cheapest price. You know, you know, you can no. probably spend you probably could spend you know time and Google it, but you're not getting you're not getting ripped off. I think most consumers feel that, all right, fair price, but this is um, you know, but this is easy in,
1: and this our, is fast. Our, sorry to call you short, but in our local grosses, we have yeah. two for one deals. We have half price deals. We never see that on Amazon. Amazon right. never does two for ones, or it's just right. a convenience you know um, right. yeah
0: and, and so so they've won that war, so if you 're competing with them trying to you know convince people that you should double click on your website because you can save them a little money i i i don't think that's solving a big enough problem because the convenience of having all your data there and knowing that no matter what you buy on amazon you know, if you don't like it there are three empty boxes in your in your den you just put it right back in you you know they you print out a label and it goes back and they you know they they, they and you don't worry about will they take the sneakers back, you know? know? So I I think as you think about competing with them, going back to what we were talking about, you have to solve a different problem. And the the challenge is most people say, well, how do you compete with Amazon? I just got to do what they're doing a little better. Our premise is that you have to do you have to zoom out and, and really look at what's missing from your life if you only shop on Amazon <laughs> um, and whether it's the expertise uh, you know, some people like to do business with smaller places. So you, you, you lose a personality because uh, you know how hard it is. Uh, if you call Amazon customer service, they're very good, but they bury that phone number. You, you're finding how to actually get on the phone. If you're, my generation and talk to customer service you have to be you have to you have to you have to be Sherlock Holmes to find the phone number (laughs) for Amazon they're pretty happy to you know let you double click and you know fit into one of their four categories but so the, the personality as much as they're trying to do it they're not it's not a personal experience
1: absolutely 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 okay um let's shift quite um swiftly to um your book you know shift so I had how the best companies stay relevant in a, a fast-changing world. What, what is the ethos um, in, in two minutes? <laughs> the, two minutes, the, 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 we looked at why so many
0: companies have – They've gone out of business, uh, are no longer what they were today, uh, yesterday. And it's usually not one thing. One of the big things that we covered already, which you're too busy watching your direct competitor and you get disrupted by somebody outside. You're, you, know, you don't have uh, you don't have perceptual. You don't see the percep- uh, perceived vision on the other side. The other is, though, the other big thing is that you're in a bubble. You're just talking to people who see the world exactly like you. Uh, We did research with, you know, when BlackBerry was BlackBerry and when BlackBerry was not BlackBerry. And, you know, they could have developed a product. They actually did a little late, just like the iPhone. But they they were all talking to each other and said, gee, everyone likes their little keyboard on the BlackBerry. No one's going to really walk away for that from music player. And so they, they just were they were too myopic they were too much in their bubble so one of the other big lessons is if you want to keep your business relevant um get out and shake it up look at different people go hang out in different places read different books um watch people because uh, people's behavior has changed before uh-huh. i tell the story Would you try and travel travel to places and don't stay in the same hotel and go to Airbnbs and talk to the families. And, you know, you have to be really thinking. I I often tell the story when I took my son to college and we were at the airport and I said, now we're going to get a rental car. He looked at me like I was from the, you know, from Pluto. What do you mean about, you know, who's wants to take that bus to the car to the, you know, we're going to. And, and most people yeah you because know, that's because of every business trip i've done for thirty years I get to you know l a or a city I, you know go get a car rent, and I drive it but he you know but you, and if i didn't if he if he wasn't able to re engineer my head, <laughs> I' still be renting cars when I go to uh, different cities so anyway uh, hang out with people that see the world differently than you
1: yeah makes sense makes sense the The last guest we had on the show um they run like a a back-end system for retail and um, he said that some um, some multinational corporations are actually setting up entirely fresh teams um, so more like in-house entrepreneurs um, right. whose objective is to disrupt you know right. So uh, Health and beauty, for instance. Um,
0: P&G is doing it with a venture team. Siemens is doing it. Every big company realizes that if you've got people that are trained to just optimize and make one product better, zooming out and seeing the world from a different perspective only ha- happens from challenger brands who haven't spent 20 years of their life you know, forming one set of beliefs. So um, easier said than done. But I do think that if there's one piece of advice and shift ahead for any startup is you know, don't just hang out with the coding people and your, your two friends from college who have the same idea, you know, and don't just ask people what they think because people always want to give you a good answer. You watch what people do. <laughs> People's behavior will tell you far more. If you say, do you like this sneaker? You know, they're not going to want to make you feel bad. They might say not really, but they're not going to really... Tell you the sneaker is um, the worst thing ever, you know. But if they don't pick it up and use it,
1: then you know it's the worst thing ever. There's a lot more weight in in, in seeing what people do than normal. actions speak louder than words. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then, um, did you? Was it, is it very case study oriented the book? Um, yeah,
0: that's you know part of it is was we interviewed uh, more than a hundred organizations from um, big companies to small to. Profit, nonprofit, we went to, in the U.S., we went to a public, a public library in Connecticut and so, say, you know, who goes to a library to take out a book and borrow books? What's going on? And so, and the most successful library said, well, we're not in the book lending business anymore. We want to be a work in town to start up, to help entrepreneurs start up. We want to be a hub and provide information and our librarians will help uh, people who want in the community to start a business to really learn. And so they reimagined what the library was, and they're successful. And the libraries that are still saying, you know, come in and re- take any book you want uh, are piling
1: up with dust. Super, super interesting stuff, super interesting um, yeah yeah um, and um, is it is it out and, um, is it's we you can get unfortunately on.
0: of course you know, the, you know if I say go to your local bookstore mm-hmm. you 'll spend all your time, uh-huh. and a small little bookstore can only carry fourteen books and it 'll probably have Harry Potter there, oh, but not a lot of books on marketing and branding. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Or you can go to my uh, I, I write a column for Forbes uh, every uh, month or uh, you can go to my website and uh, um, there are excerpts of the book and uh, lessons learned. But it's all case studies. It's all. So what happened to the library? What can you learn from it? It's sort of interesting. But who cares if you're in a starting a new uh, service business? But uh, we did a deli in Manhattan. In how did this deli stay in business, you know, selling pastrami when everyone else went our business? What can you learn from that? Mm-hmm. You know, we did a nonprofit. Uh, uh, we did, of course, some big companies, uh, some small companies. Uh, and uh, I think you learn better when you say, all right, so that's sort of an interesting quick story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, but who cares? And mm-hmm. by writing it, with, I did it with a colleague at NYU who's, uh, who spends more time teaching than I do. And uh, you know, we were looking for, what's the teachable moment? for each of these stories so you tell me the story so what and then we really tried to get to the so
1: what what was your big david versus goliath story there and from all the case studies um i don't know if there was a big um, david
0: versus goliath story um you know we we didn't uh cover this in the book but i think soul cycle coming on and you know cleaning Equinox clock and lots of others, you know, um, before Equinox bought them, you
1: know, it's, it's when they say, st- um, Yeah, it's a, it's a cycle is
0: a, it's a cycle is a spin. go uh, oh, spin class. class. Yeah. Right. And they were told, you know, spinning is dead. And, you know, why would somebody pay extra just to go to a spin class when they can go to a gym and have a shower and also do elliptical and weights and, you know, no one's really going to want to just go to one little studio and, spin a bike, but they realized that they weren't selling just the bike. They were selling that a unique, again, not average, but a unique experience of that instructor was so energizing Mm. that when you, when you were in front of that instructor with 30 bikes around him or her, you were able to bike faster, harder uh, than if you went to a gym with 500 bikes because the magic was in the instructor and the energy they create between them and they're not so much the quality of the bikes or the price of the bikes or the thickness of the towels <laughs> or the convenience of the location.
1: And these are physical locations. These are not. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Now, unlike and, and then Peloton solved a different problem, which is exactly. how, do I, how do I get that same experience with that great instructor, but I do it in my den.
1: Hardware and um, the experience the same. Right. Um, and, and you know we thought it' was too expensive, and um, yeah right exactly, mm-hmm. and it's, okay, a, it's a, and
0: so again, very focused on yeah you know, it 's not about the bike, the bike is pretty good, but it 's certainly not it 's not about the software because there are other softwares that can help you be a trainer, it was about getting that exact interaction between. And it, it was about having instructors that you couldn't find at your local gym who are so energizing and the convenience that you can you can do that, you know, mm-hmm. cool instructor at 7 a.m. or 11 p.m. And you yeah. didn't have to schedule it in advance. So if you woke up and said, gee, I have time for a 45 minute spin class, you know, you could do it on demand.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then they had they 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 figured out distribution quite well, right? Um, by and, and they I, sold
0: it, creating experiences. They didn't say double click here. They got you in a mall to uh, drop what you're doing, get on the bike, put on these headphones, so you could hear the power of the music, you could feel the energy of that instructor, mm-hmm. and in ten minutes of cycling in a, in a mall, you said, wow this is cool. And, yeah. you know, here's my credit card. And, you know, yes, $1,500 seems like a good price for a stationary
1: bike. And the, the hotel gyms, in hotel gyms also, I discovered right. hotel gym, you know? And yeah.
0: Like, oh. Now, of course, everyone's putting it in uh, because once you're an addict to
1: Peloton, and you uh, want to continue to right. experience wherever you are, right? Right.
0: Exactly. But again, it's about, I think the lesson from Peloton is solving one problem really well
1: really well exactly right. and, and hope you know that problem is big enough for you know right. you, you have to also choose a big enough you know right.
0: uh, you just can't have a little better you have to niche funnel,
1: funnel in yeah. at the same time it has to be big but, enough
0: but the, the way most entrepreneurs fail is they try to do and we do this and we do this and we do they have the run on sentence and they think by adding on and we've got great towels and the showers have hot and water hot and cold water and, and you know your friends will go there and you buy one you get one free they tend to think that the more benefits they lop onto you, the more you're sold. But ultimately, to get somebody sold, you need one. You need one thing really well delivered. Warby Parker, you know, ninety nine dollars glasses. Yep, that are fashionable. Forget the rest.
1: Yep, uh, I agree. I'm. I'm trying to. I'm looking for um, shift ahead on Amazon UK. Hmm. Um, can't
0: be there anymore. But
1: uh, is it here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. 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 It's. There's. We. We can get the hardcover here. Um, I think. Yes. But there's only one copy. But well, that's good because that means they're selling. <laughs> so, <laughs> I purchased it. Thank you. Fantastic. Um. Yeah. Alan. Um. Any parting words? Um. It's been. You know. Um. It's been great. Very very insightful. You know. Conversation.
0: And the final parting word is that execution matters so if you're going to do something be extraordinary at it and practice makes perfect and good enough is not good enough for most businesses to succeed and of course move fast
1: I love that thank you so much um, for um, listeners that want to uh, you know follow you um, do, are you on social um,
0: yeah I'm on uh, LinkedIn I'm on Twitter uh, okay. I comment a lot on Good things and bad things, and hopefully what you can learn from it.
1: Okay. So guys, just search for for for, Ad, uh, for Alan Adamson um and you should you should find him on, on Twitter or LinkedIn. Um thank you so much for coming on the 2x e-commerce podcast show. Um uh, brilliant. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed chatting with you. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of 2x e-commerce. Remember you can catch me every week.